Hey, what's going on, champs? I'm Erin Deliosa. Welcome to an Immigrant's Life podcast, my podcast about immigrants and immigration and everything in between. Thank you for listening and downloading the show, and thank you for supporting my dad. This week is the anniversary episode of An Immigrant's Life, and I did some self-reflections, and I'd like to give some shout-outs to some people that made this podcast possible and going. Of course, my family and friends for their continued support. Special shout out to my friend Greg for introducing me to podcasting, which planted the seed in my head to start my own podcast. To my friend Alex for inspiring me and donating the mic for the podcast. I still owe you that $75. I promise you I'm going to pay you someday. (laughs) I want to thank my former guest and my future guest for spending their time and sharing their incredible personal stories. I really do appreciate it. And most importantly, to you, the listener. Without you, this podcast will just crumble and burn to obscurity. I want to thank some of you that sent me gifts. Ildefonso for the cycling shoes. Marikor for the chocolates. Henna for her beautiful artwork. For Melissa and her husband for being my first ever sponsors. Oh, by the way, if you are someone you know that loves organic candles or body soaps, check them out on www.driftwoodnaturals.ca. They're awesome people. The products are amazing. So support, you know. And again, thank you all. And please continue supporting An Immigrant's Life as I really love to continue this project for as long as I'd like. Enough sentimentals. Let's talk about the episode. Like I said, this is a, the anniversary episode of the podcast, so I prepared a very special guest for you all. You love her before and you will love her again. So, without further ado, let's get into the show. Isa dalawa tatlo. Since it's the anniversary of the podcast, I figured I should bring a very special guest. Unfortunately, Priyanka Chopra is not available, so I brought in the next best thing. Coming from Canada's capital, Ottawa, Ontario, in way of the wild plains of Nairobi, Kenya, everyone please welcome back the Safari Rani, Shital Patel. <laughs> Yay! What's going on? Nothing much. How's it going? Good. I miss you, man. Yeah, I missed you as well. It's nice to see your face. I know. We always talk on uh, Instagram or whatever, but it's nice to, you know, chit-chat. Yes, it is. Absolutely. Thank you for coming back again. Yeah, thanks for having me back. It's very exciting. Am I your first double double booked guest? Yeah. No, because, you know, when you told me you're coming back to Canada, I'm like, oh, shit, let's talk about that. Yes, I'm very excited at the opportunity to talk about this. For sure, for sure. For the listeners, Shital was the episode 16th guest. So let's give the listeners a quick background about you and how you end up in Kenya and all that stuff. Yeah, well, um, I guess five years ago, I started dating a guy. His name was Mark. And, uh, you know, great guy. And he told me like a few months into us dating that he got a job posting in Kenya of all places and so since then um, he moved to Kenya we did about a year and a half of long distance and then in 2019 um, I packed up my stuff and I went to join him there it was only supposed to be a one-year gig in Nairobi and it turned into almost two and a half years that I spent there and so we just recently returned home from that amazing adventure Mm, that's awesome i know you're a traveler was kenya on your list of like places to go no not at all um and and yeah you're right like i i love traveling and i've traveled all over the place but i never thought that i would maybe like later on in life i would at some point make it to africa but i never i never really thought about it and then all of a sudden that's where I live. That's the first time I've ever lived abroad, and that's where I live. And it was amazing to think about. That's awesome. Were you scared that you get malaria or some stupid shit like that? 
<laughs> no, not really. But before you go, like you have to do like some health screenings and stuff. And they're like, you have to take your malaria pills every single day. It's like taking a malaria pill for two and a half years. Um, and a lot of stuff like, oh, don't swim in like freshwater lakes and don't eat this. And But honestly, it was, I didn't get sick when I was there. Like, I think there's this misconception of like, you're going to go somewhere and you're going to get malaria and you're going to get all this and stuff happens. But for the most part, like everything was pretty, pretty chill. So like you said, you that's your first time in Africa. Did you suffer from culture shock or anything like something weird that you're like, holy crap, this is different? You know what? I didn't, I find like the, the concept of culture shock, like you go somewhere and you're like, oh my God, this is crazy. I didn't have that. Like mm. there was nothing dramatic about it. It wasn't like, it was definitely, obviously it's a whole other universe. There. There's so many things that are different in life here in North America, but you know, like I feel like for someone who hasn't traveled very much or hasn't seen that, they might be like shocked by a lot of things like, but it wasn't, you know, there's, you're on the road and right away there's like people on the road and like tons of traffic and there's goats and cows and dogs and all sorts of crazy things like that you're just seeing like straight off the bat but um no I think culture shock wise like it there was nothing dramatic for me and I think like there's a few reasons for that um since this is a podcast about immigrants and immigration like I think, you know, growing, I talked about it with you last time, like I'm, I'm the child of Indian immigrants. And so growing up, some of my first trips in my life were to India. So, you know, we stayed in a, in a village setting and, you know, I experienced what it's like to be in a developing place. You know, those were some of the first instances of like global travel that I've ever had. And so, you know, I'm not saying it's exactly the same, but there's a lot of similarities. In that. Mm -hmm. um, and then, like you mentioned, like I've traveled a lot in the, I've traveled a lot in the last 10 years, probably like 35 countries or something like that, you know? And so the more you travel, the less shocking things become to you because you realize like most of the world is not like North America. Mm -hmm. Not at all. Um, and I mean, something that I was thinking about in terms of culture shock, I think like being the child of an immigrant or even being an immigrant yourself, like, and you can tell me what you think. I think you become really good at adapting, right? Like we're constantly um, adapting, like, I have to adapt to uh, Western culture and life here. And I have to adapt to like my culture of being Indian and like, we're constantly adapting. Like that's our identity. Like, we're, what do you think about, like, what do you think about? Yeah. This? We're very adaptable, you know, like we're like chameleons because we know it's, so I know, I don't know. I start reading about this and start seeing about it, like survival mode. You, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? If that makes sense, like you, we get into a different country and like, oh shit, survival mode. It's time to go. We need to find work. We need to find uh, shelter. We need to find this. We need to find that, you know? And going to, the, to your point is like, the more you do it, like you, you travel a lot. You get used to it. It's like a um, muscle memory. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, oh, this is the exercise. Oh, that's what we're going to do. Okay, we're going to do this again. Yeah, absolutely. And like, You're just like, even you, I mean, you moved here when you were, how old were you again? I was 20, turning 21. So then you had to adapt to this whole new life here, right? And like, yeah, I did. But you know what, dude, I, like I, t I told you before, it's like, I've been waiting to migrate. I've been waiting to immigrate. I always yeah. like felt like, like, I love the Philippines and I'm a Filipino and I'm a proud Filipino, but I always felt like growing up there, like, I don't belong here. I should go somewhere else. Mm. The way I think, it's so different. So when I came here, yeah, there was still, you know, uh, things like culture shock, as they say. Mm. But I was fairly okay to, compared to most people. I, mm -hmm. I, I remember, like, I was, like, new here, like, a few months, and people were saying, like, were you born here? And, like, no, I wasn't born here, dude. I'm, like, I came, like, I just, just got <laughs> really? up the boat, you know? And, like... <laughs> If you're born here, 
Yeah, even today, people are like, you didn't, you're not born here? I thought you were born. No, I do. I have the accent. I have what everything. The what the hell? I'm brown and people are like, really? You're born here? <laughs> I, I, to, I, to be honest, it happens, you know, once in a while there still. But I'm like, it boggles my mind. That's why I lean more on my accent because like, no, 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 dude. I have some spice in me. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so... But uh, yeah, it, you still have to adopt. You still have to like, again, like survival mode, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, I think we're just good at adapting. And I'm like, I wonder, like, you know, you have a lot of listeners that are immigrants or children of immigrants. Like, I would I would love to hear like what people think. Like, do you think you're better at adapting to new things and new situations? Because like, that's what you just do your whole life. Mm-hmm. Like, because I mean, even just like thinking about people who have come to visit us out in Kenya. Like, I think for people like the, they think of it as like something so like, it's crazy for them to think of like traveling to Africa, think of them to travel to Kenya, to this place where they never thought, like, I think like, you know, my husband's parents were kind of, his mom was like kind of nervous about going there. And then, you know, even a lot of people that I know there, their parents are nervous about visiting them. Whereas my parents, like they knew Kenya, they know there's lots of Indians there, there's a big Indian population there. They they know what living in, they know what it looks like in a developing nation, you know? And so when they came, everything was pretty chill. Like it, they just took everything in stride. Like it seemed like they felt quite at home. Like they're not like... <laughs> They're not shocked to see any of the things that I think someone would be shocked to see, like the amount of people in the roads and like the trash and the animals and seeing slums and like this like inequality and street vendors and everything that there is to see, you know, like Mm. good and bad, like, which, you know, here we don't see. And so for them, I think it was just like, okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. This is is like India. Yeah, honestly, but even when I tell my friends certain things, things that I would find amusing, they'd be like, oh, yeah, it's like India. Like, there's a point of reference for, like, a lot of children of immigrants or, like, who are immigrants who have lived in places like this. Again, it's not the same, but there's similarities. Yeah, because, you know, like you said, it's a developing country. Going to that point. As we know, there are immigrants that came from rich countries, I'll say, right? Like England going to Canada, which I never understand. Like, yo, you're like in the, you're in paradise. Why would you fucking transfer to another paradise? It doesn't make sense to me. Oh, my God. I was like, what? England is paradise? No, I mean, like, you know, hey, compared to poor country, like, you know, like where I'm from, you know what I mean? Like, why would you, why would you transfer again? You know? <laughs> okay, what, what are you getting at? Okay, my, my, what I'm getting at is like, do you think immigrants that came from third world country going to a G8 country, as they say, are more resilient and more adaptable compared to people that are immigrants that are from G8 country going to a third world country or another country? Hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Like I said, like for me, I mean... <sighs> For me, I'm not, I didn't immigrate there. I was an expat there, but I went from uh, quote unquote G8 country to, you know, I don't I don't even know if it's okay to say developing country anymore. But just say it anyway. Who cares? <laughs> um, it's different because you go there with money and you go there with privilege. Mm. So it is different. And yeah. I think we talked about this last time too, right? Like mm-hmm. coming and having to create your whole life. Um, where you're not in that position of privilege, obviously is a hell of a lot more difficult and requires more adaptability and strength. Yeah. Yeah. So did you get homesick in Kenya? (laughs) No. (laughs) (laughs) So cruel. I know it sounds cruel, but um, no, I don't get homesick. And I, I know some people do, and it's a normal and common experience. But um, it's not something I relate to very much because like even when I I traveled Southeast Asia for like three months and even then I didn't get homesick. Um, And then even this entire time I was in Kenya, like I didn't get homesick. And 
I know it's 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 a feeling more than anything, but like my logic with this whole thing was like it was a temporary posting. I always knew I was returning to Canada. Like mm. Even when I was traveling, I always knew I was returning to Canada. So in my head, it was like, what's the point of like missing home? <laughs> like everything you're missing is going to be there when you get back. So like, I know like some people there, they were like, oh, you know, I missed being with my family on Christmas. Like, all right, I get that. But like, you know, you're going to go home in two years and your family Christmases are still kind of going to be there. Um. <laughs> I just start calling you Elsa. You're cold, girl. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's just like when I go, um, when I go places or when I'm somewhere, I like to like just immerse myself in the experience, be present in the moment, and be present in the experience of what it is. Like even like for example, like Christmas. I know like Christmas is a hard time for some people who are living abroad and they're away from their family. For me, I'm like. I'm going to the beach. I'm going to spend Christmas or my birthday, which is usually spent like my birthday's in December too. Like when it's usually snow, I was like, I'm going to embrace it and like just be somewhere and do something cool. Like mm-hmm. be like out, um, you know, outdoors, go on a safari, go out to the beach, like stuff that you are not going to get to do mm-hmm. in so, two yeah. or three years when you get back. So yeah, I really, like, I think, the best thing you can do when you are traveling or being abroad is, is just like immersing yourself in the experience and taking advantage of things that you wouldn't be able to do um, back home. Yeah, I get it. But I hope you don't mind me sharing it. But I remember we're talking one time where you were still in Kenya and you were saying like you were getting fed up of Kenya a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, listen, I I love my time in Kenya. Like if someone was like, here's a ticket, you can go back. Like I would go back. Um, it's an incredible, incredible place to live. Like, like I just want to say some of the w- reasons why it's so incredible before why I tell you sure, what I was yeah. because I do want, like, I don't want people to think about Kenya or think about Africa and be like, Oh, that's somewhere where I don't want to travel. It is <laughs> absolutely worth like, it is the, I, I mean, maybe I'm biased because I live there, but it really is the top place that I have traveled. Like, and Kenya specifically, like Nairobi is the main city. It's literally called green city in the sun. Like it's just green. It's green 365 days a year. And coming from a cold country where it snows a lot and it's gray a lot, like that was just the biggest breath of fresh air that I could have ever had in my life 365 days of greenery (laughs) uh pretty much 365 days of sunshine like incredible so the climate there is incredible as well it's like I think also people have this misconception Africa is so hot like hey man Africa is an entire continent you can't say an entire continent is hot like what is why Um, yeah, maybe there are countries or cities or places where it is hot, but like, for example, in Nairobi, it was around mid twenties, no humidity, pretty much the whole year. There's no like rainy season. No, there is rainy seasons, but like, even in the, they don't last that long. There's no typhoons. Uh, no, (laughs) I don't think so. No, when I was there, no. Really? Wow. So it's like I, there are like I mean there are things that happen, but like and there are the rainy seasons and t- sometimes they're more intense or less intense. So then you'll have issues with drought or flooding and things like oh, that. Okay. Right. Yeah. Um but I think like like I said, like people think the weather in quote unquote Africa is hot and unbearable, which is not true. I lived in like the best temperature ever. Yeah. Um, the other thing about Kenya is people are super friendly. They're really, really nice. Um, language, you know, like um, national language, English and Swahili. So like you don't have that. Like I think language is a huge barrier when you're traveling to places where someone is when they don't speak English so like just eliminating that like you could basically get by on English which is amazing um 
amazing. Like if that's somewhere you're going to live and like, you don't have that huge hurdle to get over in communication. I mean, Kenya is historically rich. It's culturally rich. Like this is where, um, this is the cradle of humanity actually. Right. Mm -hmm, Like, mm -hmm. um, on top of that, like you have national parks, like I can drive a few kilometers from my house and see lions and rhinos and stuff. Uh, you have these museums, you have this like really these amazing crafts and artisans and, and like the restaurant scene was amazing and the mm-hmm. party scene was amazing. Uh, pre-COVID, you know, maybe mm-hmm. even during COVID, I don't know. But <laughs> <laughs> I was not part of that. But just to say, like, it was really cool to be there. Um, but yeah, some parts of being in Kenya were extremely frustrating, especially mm-hmm. in the last year because we were there um, for the full year and because of COVID, like we were not allowed to pretty much leave the country. Um, so, and I think people who have lived like in other countries, um, in developing places, they can kind of relate to this because I've talked to friends about it. We're like, you just have to accept that things are going to go wrong. <laughs> or not going to work. Or not work. Something's going to happen. Like you just have to go out in the world every single day expecting that not going to be a smooth day, mm-hmm. which I think people in North America are not used to. Mm-hmm. They're like, I had such a bad day. I was stuck in traffic and this happened and that happened. <laughs> That's just life there. Like, um, you know, I think things just kind of start to wear on you with some time. Like if, if you're constantly like, having things go wrong like i'll give you an example um i wanted to get a dining table made Mm. so i went to the store and i saw this beautiful dining table and i was like oh wow like i'll buy it here take my money and they're like okay we're gonna have someone make it for you so then someone made it but they made a completely different dining table what the fuck it was like not even the same color it did not look the same like it's just and then, like, the back and forth of this thing was, like, six weeks long. And finally, it got, like, delivered to our place with this, like, giant spot of varnish right in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> Just stupid, stupid things like that. Things like that that are, like, constantly happening. And then, like, sitting in traffic. And, like, I think traffic was one of the things that was probably hardest for mm-hmm. me to be there. Um my husband, he like totally owned that. He was like, because it's driving on the other side of the road on top of it, mm-hmm. driving in a bitter, bigger vehicle and like very defensive. Like I said, the roads are filled with kids, goats, dogs, motorcycle, cats, potholes. <laughs> um, so, like, literally every time we would go out for a drive, it's like, like just escaping death (laughs) (laughs) either someone else's death or your own death like stuff like that that's funny yeah so i mean there there's things like that and like even the fact that i mean life goes at a different pace there it's very slow pace of life uh which takes some getting used to especially coming from north america where everything is 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 quite quick so, like, no one's in a rush to bring you your food at a restaurant. <laughs> no one's in a rush to give you your bill at the end of the meal. No one's in a rush to even, like, bring you, like, just, there's just no rush for anything. Like, it's just, <laughs> um, pole pole, slowly, slowly. That's what they say? <laughs> yes. I just want to add on the restaurant, because when I went back to the Philippines, so we went to a restaurant, and... So we ordered and then, you know, like we're waiting and then the waiter come back and says, oh, excuse me, sir, but we don't have fresh uh, crabs. We only have the ones that are in the freezer. And mm-hmm. I'm like, when did you kill the crab? When did you put it in the freezer? I'm like, oh, just last night. I'm like, for me, as a North American thinker, that's fresh, right? <laughs> But then my cousin goes up to me and says, no, they don't have it fresh, like alive. And I'm like, oh, shit. Oh, yeah, that is fresh here in in the Philippines. But in K- 
Canada, I'll say, is like, if it's in the freezer, it's fresh, right? <laughs> and everywhere we go, whatever restaurant we go, is like easily, easily 30 minutes to 45 minutes to wait. Oh, yeah. The- <laughs> oh, yeah. Absolutely. It's like, you have to eat before you go to a restaurant. Like, if you're hungry. <laughs> It's just like, you're just like, what are they doing? Are they growing the food? Like, did someone, I swear once in India, and, and like, this is how I felt like in Kenya as well. But I remember remember the story from India. And we went to a restaurant and we ordered um, masala dosas, you know, so it's like a potato filling um, dish. And we're waiting, we're waiting, we're waiting. My dad's like getting pissed because, you know, my dad's been in Canada for a long time too. He like does cannot deal with this shit. He's like, what's taking so long? Like, oh yeah, the guy went out to buy potatoes. Like and you know that's what was going on in the background of like yeah. Kenyan restaurants too. This is funny. Um, so, anyways, that's to say, like, there are some frustrations like that, like just you're like, can I just go somewhere and can it just go smoothly? Like, why <laughs> do I need to like go and hunt down a waiter? And why do I need to like be so specific about what I need? And why are people like not socially distancing in the grocery store? Like just things are like, uh, I think that time that I was talking to you, we are like literally on the road and this like truck just stopped in the middle of the road and start unloading rocks, like just tr- stops traffic on both sides and just like unloading rocks and we're just sitting there. And I was like, oh my God, can I just get home? <laughs> I weren't even far from home either. But just stupid things, which now I look back on like very fondly. Actually. Yeah, it's actually the best stories, right? Yeah, it's funny. You're like, all right. Yeah, I, again, like, Going back to my uh, my experience visiting the Philippines, it's like there's this road that I grew up passing by. It's a busy road, you know. It's a, they call it a highway, but really here it's not really a highway, you know. And for some reason, they uh, expanded the road to give more space, right? But I remember that the road was before they expanded it. There are like electrical poles. Okay, these people expanded the road but didn't move the, the poles. So the poles are in the middle of one of the lanes. I'm like, what the? You can't even yeah. pass. Yeah. It's... I can totally relate to that. I was like, <laughs> oh yeah, that sounds normal. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, why do that? Like, why do that? <sighs> but I like what you said. Like you said, like, just expect craziness. Yeah, just just expect <laughs> craziness. And like the thing is, it's fun, but it can wear on you. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of um, the frustrating bit of, out of it. But like, I mean, would I live there? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think just I think like it was just important to. I mean, it was great because like even if the city got too much, we're like, fine, we're gonna go to the countryside for like a weekend and kind of get away from the hustle and bustle of the city because it is a big city and it's a lot of, it's a lot of noise and it's a lot of, um, a lot of commotion and stuff. So, mm. did you um, ever feel unsafe? <laughs> Not really. So, you know, like, actually, I don't know if I mentioned, but we were there as diplomats. So we were there with certain privileges and, and some perks, you know, like I lived in a, in a nice gated community and there was guards standing outside my house. <laughs> uh, <laughs> with guns. Uh, yeah, probably. Yeah, you know what's definitely. Funny? You know what's funny? When we got back here, we're like, we haven't seen anyone carry a gun in a long time. (laughs) These like giant machine guns, like guys are just walking around with them all the time. And then when we came back here and we just, we joke with each other. We're like, we don't feel safe at all here. (laughs) Why is there no security with giant machine guns? That's so funny. (laughs) I love that. Um, Yeah. So, I mean, 
and I, there's like a very big expat community in, in Kenya. And so you're, you're often hanging out in those circles. And like, typically I don't find, I didn't find that uh, I felt in danger or unsafe anywhere. I was never in those situations. Mm. Um, there, there was this one thing that happened though. We were like in the central business district one time and we didn't take our car so our cars are like red plated and you're there as a diplomat so you kind of get less hassling from cops and security and stuff like that but like we were like in the central business district and we had just hired a driver and we were there and then this like man just like gets in the car first this lady starts yelling she's like why did you cross here why did you park here why did you park here and she's like yelling at the driver and then this man just like gets in the passenger side of the car and we're like uh who are you like why are you in our car and he's like i'm with city council i'm with city council I was like, what the f does that fucking mean <laughs> what do you mean city council and he's like flashing me this card and i was like yeah. uh and he's like yeah we're gonna like uh you guys were illegally parked here and we're taking you to the police station and like, yeah, all this like stupid shit. Like obviously it was a scam mm -hmm. just to get money out of us. And we're like, get the hell out of the car. <laughs> so did, did he get out of the car? Yeah, we had to pay him off. You paid him off? Yeah, he would not yeah, get out of the car. Why didn't you ask your white husband to call the white people? Because... <laughs> Yeah, I like that. Just like ignore that. <laughs> well, let's see. <laughs> we should have just, we, there was ways to get around this, but we just kind of wanted it to be over. Mm -hmm. So we're like, here, take some money and get out. And that, and that worked. So it's not like even that I felt unsafe, but it was like this like experience where like, oh my God, what's happening? <laughs> Mm. Why are you in my car? And then him and like the driver were talking in Swahili and then the driver wouldn't tell us like what was going on. So it's just like, fine, I'm going to get out of the car. <laughs> I will walk home from here. <laughs> but yeah, it typically, no, I didn't feel unsafe. Mm -hmm. Did you go to the mall? Yes. We okay. like When you go to the mall, the mall, do you have like a bodyguard or something? No, 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 no. Nothing like that. You just go by yourself or with Mark? Yeah. You don't have like, Everything you know. in the mall. The grocery stores in the mall, the movie theaters in the mall, the restaurants in the yeah. mall, the gym is in the mall. Everything is in the mall. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I've ever spent so much time in a mall. Like, and then there's tons of, and they're beautiful. They're like these outdoor malls and like, it's, it's just, there's a lot of malls have nothing in them. But, um, but yeah, no, it's not, you don't need like security Okay. We get there's security guards at the mall. So like when you even when you drive up to um so one of the frustrating things, like something that took me some time to get used to is like um you drive to the mall because you know you need milk and <laughs> you have to you drive up to the parking and then they search your car. Mm. So they'll search your whole car, then you go and you park, then you enter the mall and then they do a search of you again. So metal detectors and and scanning your your bag. Yeah, wait. You, as you know, like a few years ago, there was like something that happened in Kenya in a mall. There was a shooting. Yeah. Was it yeah. that in your mind somehow, or you're just like whatever? Well, that is why there's so much security. There was like that big terrorist attack that happened, um, and that's why security is 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 more in the malls and stuff. And that's why you're always getting checked, which is kind of annoying. But I guess it's good in a way. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess it was in my mind a little bit. Like I went, I've been to that mall a bunch of times and it's just like, oh my God, it's crazy to think that something like that happened here. And oh, that exact happened. mall? Yeah, yeah. And, then, and like everyone there has like a story kind of related to that, you know, like they knew someone there. Like, so, but no, I didn't, I didn't feel worried or anything like that. Mm -hmm. So you're back in Canada. Yes. How do you feel? <laughs> I miss it terribly. It's been a it's been a really hard adjustment. Yeah. How? Yeah. Um I think 
there was a lot of parts of living there. And like for me personally and my circumstances of living there um, that were so like aligned with what I value and what I love mm -hmm. that it made for a really nice life for me. And it, it was a life in which I felt like I really flourished. So coming back here, um, I mean, like it's, it's as if like I spent two and a half years like building a life for myself, one that I fit into and making friends and building a life. And then all of a sudden that's gone. And now I'm back here and it's like, you have to restart. Hmm. Even though this is technically home, it almost feels like restarting. It is restarting. Yeah. You know, yeah, you still have family here and friends, but really you, you got to build yourself personally again and professionally as well. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, um, I mean, I'd love to tell you some of the, the reasons why I loved being there so much and how it differs so much. Yeah. Tell here. me more. Yeah. For sure. I mean, I think one of the things that I miss the most is like, connection to nature hmm. i think it's something like in north american life is seriously lacking uh, like there every morning i'd wake up i'd like literally open up my two back doors the doors were open all day long in my house you'd like and then that leads to like um, a seating area and then beyond that is like the garden and you have these amazing flowers and you have like these exotic birds outside and we had the we had a banana tree like <laughs> living in north america and you have a banana tree like oh my god we used to go pick avocados in our like neighbor's front yard like this mm. you know literally eating fruit off of your land which I mean, like people are doing here, like with their gardens and things like that. But like just having that connection to outdoors and like you're just barefoot. At the end of the day, your feet are dirty. Mm. Like I love that. I love that so much. Like I find things here very sterile. I find you can easily spend your entire day indoors without ever going outside. Yeah. God bless the internet. Right, like you're in your office eight nine hours a day, and then you get in your car, and then you drive home, and you spend the night. Like, like, did I even get any fresh air today? Mm -hmm. That's why There's I love hiking. Lot. Yeah, exactly. That's why, like, when you live in North America, you really you have to be very intentional about spending time outdoors. Oh, whereas I like that. There, yeah. Whereas there, it just happens. You're just always outside. Like even like I said, the malls are outside. And restaurants, everything is outdoors. Um, everything's outdoors. Like I never hung out inside, which was a big thing during COVID, actually, because we had the ability to just sit outside and sit distance from our friends, you know, like mm. either in public or in our backyards the whole year. So it was like a huge factor in the quality of life. Yeah, for sure. I agree. Um, I agree with that. Yeah, I think... Um, Another thing related to nature is like the animals, you know, like even like in our backyard, in our neighborhood, we would see like incredible, incredible birds. Um, and then, like I said, you drive an hour, you drive like five hours and you're in some of the most beautiful places on the planet, mm -hmm. you know, like you are seeing wildlife that people dream about seeing. And that's like five hours from your house. It's, it's crazy to think. Um, and you're connected to these animals. And like even but our last trip, you know, like last-ish effort before we came here, um, we went to Rwanda. One-hour flight to Rwanda, uh, spent three days there went up to the Virunga Mountains, went hiking, and went to see gorillas. Yeah, this like, is, you told me about this. I'm like, yo, be careful with those bastards. It was amazing. <laughs> and just like, to be constantly connected to animals and wildlife like that, I think it's like very, very important part of reminding us that like, we're all connected. We all exist on this planet together. We're all in this interconnected ecosystem. Like life is not just about us. We can't just like only care about ourselves and live in a bubble without like understanding that what we do affects other living creatures on this earth. I and agree. I think like when you live here in North America and you 
don't leave, you don't travel, you don't have that connection to nature, that can get lost. Yeah, yeah, I, I completely agree. I know people that like work and I don't know, like stay home, work, stay home. Like, yo, dude, well, yes, obviously, there are people that are incapable monetarily of doing something, but there are people that I know, I personally know, that are capable of going places or go hiking or go hire Airbnb close to the lake. They don't, mm -hmm. they just work and then home, work and home. But it, yeah, but and it's like one of these things that are like just fundamental to living like a really like healthy and balanced life. And so I think like being there and having access to animals and outdoors and greenery and wildlife and whatever, like that was so, and it's very easy. It wasn't like, ah, I need to like go hiking this weekend to see nature. No, literally at my footstep. <laughs> you know, like literally I opened the door and here's like this wildlife. Um, so that was a big thing. I think, um, I think even connections to people, I think mm. here it's really like, especially now, like with work from home and stuff, like you can go weeks and weeks and weeks without seeing anyone, Yeah, you know? And there I felt like, even if I wasn't hanging out with people, like I still saw people Like, mm -hmm. like I said, there was the guards outside my house. Um, when you go to the mall, you'd go through security check. You're saying hi to people. On the roads, you see people. Like, there is life happening. Um, and even the culture there is like that. It's very lots of connection, like family spirit and taking care of each other. And, and then even within the expat community, you know, like, we would be like, oh, we're bored let's call someone over to come have a drink. And because people are there without, you know, their families and their obligations, all these things, people are like, yeah, cool. Let's hang out. Let's chill. I love that shit. I love when people are free to hang out and chill. Because <laughs> I find over here, and I, and I don't fault anyone for this. I understand life is really busy here. But here it's like, okay, well, I can't do this weekend. But what about this day? Oh, no, I can't. What about this day? It's like constant, like trying to fit schedules mm -hmm. around each other, which mm -hmm. I think a lot of people can relate to. So I think like that was really nice for me. Like I love, um, I love interacting socially. So it's really nice when people are like, yeah. Let's, let's hang out. Let's yeah. Talk. But these people, do they have work full time or they have kids? Yeah. And they, they still like hang out. Like, yeah, I'll hang out with you right now. Um, yeah. Yeah. I guess they have nannies and shit. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. People here wants to hang out too. Most of the people, but there are people that want to hang out, but they couldn't because they don't have no, the family. Know, that's support. what I mean. Like it's not anyone's fault. Mm -hmm, like exactly. that's just the way life is here. Mm -hmm. But like again, that. me, an immigrant, you know, we are so close to our family. Like even right now, mm -hmm. I want to like you say, oh, let's go for a drink. I can go right now because I could call anyone in my family and say, hey, watch my mm -hmm. kids. It won't be a problem. I know I've, I've heard that like I've had other friends tell me that my one of my Filipino friends yeah she's yeah. like everyone's there to like help you and I was like yeah. that's that's beautiful it's amazing yeah that's one thing I'm really proud of my family but but you know but yes you are correct because everyone's so it's a cliche but it's everyone's in a rat race like everyone's to like chasing something Mm -hmm. right that they don't that they forget about the connection that you're talking about with the family and with you know friends even sometimes you know like you literally like, like you said like oh oh Shital, can you do uh, next week saturday oh no you can't let's do friday oh i can't do friday you know what I mean? yeah yeah so again like i'm i'm not faulting anyone like i just think this is what it is and in this setting here in North America, like everyone's working like a typical nine to five. Everyone's got a few hours at the end of the day to spend with their family and do what they got to do. And then they have their two days off. Whereas like the people that I was meeting out there, they had a lot more like flexibility with their jobs or they were over there and they started their own businesses. So they were like open 
to meeting for lunch. They're open into meeting at different times of the day. Like, you know, it's just a lot more, it felt a lot more natural and mm -hmm. normal. Okay. So with that point that you're saying, based on your experience generally, do you mm. think Kenyans are happier people than North American people or Canadians? Ooh, that's an interesting question. I don't know. I'm not Kenyan, so I can't really say. Yeah, I know, but um, it's your experience, based on your experience. I think, listen, there's, there's obviously challenges for people there. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't be like, oh, yeah, they're living life like amazingly and they're so much better off than us. Like, I can't say that. Um, but there's challenges everywhere. You know, um, I do find people there typically like, you know, they're friendly. They're nice. They smile. Oh, yeah. um, they like to party. Mm. Like there's this like joie de vivre for like that's there mm -hmm. uh, you know like everyone's like up to dance mm -hmm. <laughs> everyone's up to party there's a certain like joy that that i do notice but it, is it all like roses and sunshine for everybody no i'm sure mm -hmm. for sure yeah because that's why the reason they want to immigrate right like kenyans wants to immigrate to canada you know well, what i mean listen like Everything I'm talking about, like I said, it's like my personal experience based on my circumstance and the fact that I was able to go there and be and live a very privileged life. Mm -hmm, for sure. You know, like, I mean, I worked in, like, I worked um, in programs, like helping to set up um, kitchen gardens and stuff for children in school because a lot of kids would go to school without food or have issues, their families would have issues accessing uh, food affordably. You know, I had, I was also working with that charity and one of our programs was distributing uh, like little solar lights in regions that don't have electricity. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there's also this whole other part of this, this experience that I had, like, yes, I, I lived this really nice life and it was very privileged. Um, but that doesn't mean I don't recognize that, you know, a lot of people are living in difficult times and circumstances. But what was nice is that I was able to do something to help. Yeah, uh, that, that's the Nancy uh, Foundation, right? Nancy Ellen Crooks Foundation, yeah. Yeah. And I think even going there, like being in that position, like it was important and it was good to go there and create employment for people, right? Like, yeah, you have a maid, you have a nanny or driver or whatever, mm -hmm. but at least we're going there and using our privilege to do something right like creating employment treating people with respect dignity giving them extra money um mm -hmm. all those sorts of things well they make you fat with their food <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyways so i mean those are some of the things like a lot of connection i think was what i loved so much about being there and what i think is kind of lacking here and i also like just the opportunity to travel uh, to experience new things like I thrive on new experiences like that is the stuff that makes me feel alive mm -hmm. and so I mean like we would literally be like hey should we go to the beach this weekend and we could like take a like, one hour flight for a hundred bucks and go be on the Indian Ocean which is mm -hmm. amazing like it's just stuff that I only fantasize about here um there was a lot, so there's a lot of aspects of life there that was just like very much in line with what I loved very much. So I'm finding it hard to be here and kind of missing out on those things. Hmm. Um, yeah, you know, home is home is where you feel most like yourself. Mm -hmm. That's right. And that was and that was me there. Yeah, it's like yeah, what yeah. you said, where you were like in the Philippines and you're like you knew that's not where you're supposed to be. Yeah, but, but yeah. yeah, I mean, I love Canada. You know, it's funny because that's how I felt when I was growing up. Then I moved here. Yes, I'm at. I feel at home here. But when I visit them, like it's a, it's like if I could make a video of a short movie about myself, there's like my ancestors singing mm. and speaking in my language and just talking, not talking to me, but talking to my soul. Mm. And it was just, it was just a different feeling, like. This is home. This is right yeah. here. This is home. 
Yes, I do still feel at home in Canada. I do. But it's like, you know, I love spaghetti, right? <laughs> but <laughs> if my dad cook my favorite Filipino food, I'm not just eating it physically. I'm eating it physically and with my soul as well. Like I feel yeah. it. Like I've, I've never taken drugs, but I, I'm pretty sure that's how it feels. It's like I'm taking drugs when I eat Filipino food. So, so do you still feel like I belong in Canada, but like your heart is in the Philippines? Is that what it is? Where, where so like I just said, home is where you are most yourself. Where are you most yourself? It's different. I am different. I, I love Canada. I'm different. I'm, you know, but it's just, I don't know, it's hard to explain. It's just like, it's there. I'm, a Canadian Aaron and the, the Filipino Aaron's are two different people. Yeah. I feel like that. Right? I feel like I was a different person there. Yeah. Also, I'm going to ask you. Yeah. After coming back from Kenya, you said you felt weird that everyone acted like you didn't just came back from Kenya. What do you mean by that? <laughs> okay. So I researched this and apparently it's a very normal thing. And, and people have also told us this. Mm -hmm. People, and like if anyone's listening and they've been abroad and come back home or lived abroad and come back home um, or going to, like something that you have to prepare for is that people don't care all that much about your experience abroad. <laughs> <laughs> they just don't. Um, they they do they ask some questions but like <laughs> I think like when you've been away for so long and you've gone through so much and you've grown and you've expanded and your perspectives have changed and you've had all these things to think about and all these experiences like you can't ever really like tell everyone all of that mm -hmm. you know and at some point people do like kind of don't care about hearing about Kenya all the time. I feel like sometimes I get really annoying. I feel like for the next like million years, I'm just gonna be like, you know, when I lived in Kenya, <laughs> <laughs> like all of my sentences are gonna start that way. Um, no, but really like you go and you're like, oh yeah, it was good. And you tell them like a few things and then it's business as usual. Mm. Anyways, so actually, um, this is really nice to be able to sit and talk to you like this. <laughs> like, thank you for holding space. You know, like you've been doing this for a year and I think it's amazing. Like week after week, you hold space for people to tell their stories and it's a very validating experience. Thank you. I appreciate that. Man. Like I really do. But I just like talking shit. I just <laughs> love hearing stories. I just love well, look at this. Like we've been talking for an hour and, and I'm able to tell you about my experience and my feelings and my thoughts. Like that is like you holding space, not just for me, but for all of your guests. And I think that's very, very special. And that's probably like why people want to come on your podcast, man. Like, thank you. Everyone wants to feel heard and seen mm -hmm. and you are providing them with that. Thank you. I appreciate that. Okay. Yeah. But again, like I said, I'm selfish. I just don't want to talk shit. I know, I know. <laughs> um, yeah, I so there's that, like people don't care that much. But then again, on the flip side, you don't care that much either about like what's been going on here. <laughs> <laughs> it's bad, but it's true. I'm telling you the truth. Yeah, I I completely understand. It's people yeah. are selfish. <laughs> Everyone wants to talk about themselves, right? Like Hells yeah. That's just you the know. human experience. It's yeah. fine. Um, I think a challenge also like of coming home is just, like I said, you're just missing being abroad so much. Mm. Like I, I miss it so much that I almost feel like I just like resistant to change right now. Like, I don't want to adapt back to this culture. Like, you know, I keep messaging you and be like, Oh, this place is trash. And you're like, you're like, people want to live here, man. I was like, I know, I know. I'm talking shit. I know. I know. And also <laughs> like, Sorry, go ahead. You just come back and you, you feel a little critical about home. You get frustrated with like um, things here. Like I, I am very, again, like cognizant of the fact that, you know, this, I live a really great life here. Mm -hmm. um, 
privileged and I'm grateful and all that, but still like, that's not the point. The point is that like going through this like huge change. So I think it is quite normal to feel kind of frustrated with life here, especially when you've adapted to another culture, another life. Yeah. But to your, to your defense though, I remember when we used to talk in person, you always wanted to travel. I always had this feeling like, you don't belong here, Shital. Go somewhere else and be happy. I love that you're here. I miss you when, when you're not here, but go somewhere else. I want you to be happy. That's why I, I mentioned it on uh, our first uh, podcast. It's like, you're different. You're like, you're happier. Yeah. You know? I know. I belong out there in the world. I really do. I feel that. I think I've known that for a long time. And you know what? I'm going to embrace the time that I'm here. Mm -hmm. But like I said, like I feel I'm the type of person that needs to have like a lot of experiences. Um, and constantly, like I really feel like I thrive like that. Like I feel like I'm always like trying to make sense of the world. And the way that I do that is by having experiences. That's why I love traveling so much. Mm -hmm. And so I definitely see myself like, you know, going back out there. Yeah. At some point. Hopefully. I hope so. Because again, like I told you, I miss you when you're not here. <laughs> but you drive me nuts because you're like, dude, it sucks here. I'm like, bro, I came to the Philippines. I moved I'm here. Like, I'm like such a negative Nelly when I'm here. No, you're not. It's just like, <laughs> you know, when you're like, you know, you're not, you don't feel comfortable. You don't, you know, you don't, you want to do other things. You want to be somewhere else, you know? It's not like Canada's bad for you or anything. It's just, it's not, it doesn't fit you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, there are so many aspects of like living life there that like just felt really aligned. Mm -hmm. with who I am like I felt good like I was like very much in the flow very much vibing that's you know I was able to do so much while I was there because of that mm -hmm. I'm happy for you but Thanks. you know yeah like yeah obviously you're happy in Kenya but do you like really traveling driving while goats are passing by and people dropping off trucks in front of you you know what I mean like have you seen Canada it's amazing it's gorgeous here <laughs> Like, why are the streets so quiet? Yeah, why? Why, <laughs> why is so are smooth? Respecting traffic lights here. I don't understand. <laughs> why is everybody wearing masks? <laughs> why are we yielding to uh, pedestrians <laughs> <laughs> instead of breaking the red light and hopefully no one hits you? Oh yeah, red lights like traffic lights are not like Trevor Noah is even like Africa. No, like they don't do traffic lights. Yeah. I remember listening to this uh, author and he said that one sign of a great country is a stop sign, a working stop sign. Okay. Because everybody respects the stop sign. Imagine, is there a stop sign in Kenya? Uh, no. I yeah, so. and if there is, no one's going to listen anyway. <laughs> You're like, what is this thing? <laughs> exactly, you know. I love the chaos. I love that, like, chaotic, like, every, like, you know what, like, <laughs> I've traveled a lot, my favorite places are the place, places that are chaotic. Do, do I like chaos like you? I love chaos in a certain way, but not, okay, I remember when I traveled again, is that it, the chaos got to me, and I was like, bro, I need to go back to Canada, I'm done with this <laughs> shit, <laughs> but as soon as I left, I'm like, I want to go back. <laughs> But that's what I was talking about before, right? Like things that are frustrating and you're like, I can't deal with this anymore. But then you like miss it after. It's like a bit of a thrill, actually. It is. But the best stories are the ones that are more, the most frustrating or annoying. Those are the ones that you'll remember. Because, you know, like you said, yeah, I go to the beach. Oh, that was amazing. You, you know, we sat down and we drink our mojitos, whatever you drink, you know. That's cool. But how about this truck that just unloaded this pile of rocks in front of you for whatever reason you know oh yeah yeah stories like that the time that i got stuck in like a overnight traffic jam overnight traffic <laughs> jam. uh yeah yeah That's... you're right you're absolutely right it's just 
all the the stories that we were was like frustrating and that's why I'm always like I have this way of thinking that like when things go wrong I'm like all right well just another story to tell yeah I love that yeah I love that anyways we're getting there and but I have one more question before we say goodbye all righty so what's in store for Chital? what's her plan Ah, interesting question. Well, um, okay. Well, one of the one of the things that I was able to do while I was um, living abroad is work for a charity, and in that charity, I was doing a lot of their marketing. So I started doing like press releases and revamping their newsletter and social media and rewriting websites, and I realized. Um, I love this. And so what I did is I did some courses on copywriting and I learned all about copywriting and what it takes and the psychology behind it and formulas and, and frameworks and all that type of stuff. And I started doing freelance copywriting while I was there, which was very exciting because my background is actually, I mean, it's in business. Um, and, but now I'm taking it into a marketing uh, into marketing. And so I started freelancing and I'm hoping, you know, I can continue doing that while I'm here. Mm. That's awesome. Again, Cyril, thank you for coming on the past. I really do appreciate it. And I'm glad that you're back in Canada because I missed you. Uh, thank you. Thanks for having me. And uh, sure. it's great to be back so that we can, I mean, not that we ever stop chatting, really, mm. but you know, it's 2021, yeah. we got technology. But... Yes, yeah. For sure, for sure. <laughs> and have a good evening. Thank you. You too. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Again, Shital, thank you for coming on the podcast. I really do appreciate it. Thank you, listeners. This is Erin Deliosa for An Immigrant's Life. I'll see you guys later.